looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And quoting the Daily Mail, The Office's Brian Baumgartner emerges as 2020's top earner on Cameo with over $1 million for recorded shoutouts. I thought that was like a pretty delightful finding. And also, it makes so much sense to me, you know, mm-hmm. in a way. Like a total who, a favorite from a very specific show watched by old and new people. Old and young people. Not new. Old and young people. New people. Are you new? <laughs> in a way, they're new people. Gen Z sort of, they're new people. They're new. They're new. Are you new here? Yes. And apparently, he's like known for making very good cameos. Like he puts a lot of care into them. Because apparently, it's like a full-time job. It's probably more fun than making a podcast like his wow. office ladies, you know? <laughs> oh, you mean like compared to his former co-workers, right? Exactly. If the end of year payday were the same, would you choose to make cameos every day for random people or do a podcast once a week with your old co-worker? Oh, I would choose the podcast. <laughs> the podcast 100%. over, I, let's yeah. call it five days a week just doing cameo after cameo, but like no preparation. I, you would, know? Choose, I would choose the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I would still choose. No editing. Cameos. Come on. Cameos. You remember doing ca- cameos are rough. Like, you're. We did cameos for one day. Mercy. We've told the story. You're at the mercy of people. And it's a lot of work. You have to come up with a unique thing for every person when they're all doing the same shit. Happy hey, birthday. Tiffany. Congratulations. I'm just saying it takes like. It's tough. It takes skill to be the person who's like re-excited about a cameo each time. And for how many this guy did, like he really has the skill. Yeah. Him, we talked about him. We talked about Dulé Hill. There are people who put in the work, but it really is. It's hard to put in this work. Dulé Hill did not make the top list. The top list was kind of weird. Is <laughs> he Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport, which is <laughs> why the... Why? Why? Brian Baumgartner makes sense, and I don't even watch The Office. I'm like, oh, I recognize that face. I know that character. I understand why an office stand would want this side character as the, like, gold standard. But Michael Rappaport, what are you asking him to say? Like, what even is, like, his – does he have, like, a like a catch phrase? Is, he has a podcast, right? That's, like, his, his thing, too. I don't know what the draw is. I – I don't know. And then you have um, Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary, which is, yeah, that guy needs more money for sure. 
actor Sean Astin. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia King. Perez Hilton, which is also kind of weird. Um, Sonia Morgan from Real Housewives of New York. That Got makes it. sense to me. And singer Debbie Gibson. That's really showing the age bracket of people who are paying for cameos. I know. There's more, too. You have, in case you're curious, Gilbert Gottfried, which makes sense to me. Who's James Murray? Do you know? He's a comedian. He's one of the Impractical Jokers. David and Annie who T, who I think are like YouTube people, YouTube comedian types. Some website estimated how much they made, although I feel like this is not accurate. And then when it happening was, I guess the soup, soup man from Seinfeld was on this list. And then he got mad that Cameo revealed what he made and what, oh, whatever. No. And I was like, OK, this is just too much drama. This is too much drama because this revealing this information is clearly like PR. You know, it's like, well, look how much like like the office's Brian Baumgartner is making a million dollars on Cameo. Like, look what you mm-hmm. can do. Meanwhile, they take 25 percent. So, I mean, they're also making a million dollars, more than a million. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and where did they, they reveal this on like a New York Times podcast? Like not it wasn't like some Bachelorette's podcast. It was a high profile New York Times. Wow. Podcast. Not some Bachelorette's podcast. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. OK. Let's not put podcasts above other podcasts. <laughs> We're all on the same shitty level here. Do you want to move on to comments? Yeah. This is Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns. You sure you don't want to talk about the Lady Gaga Oreo? <laughs> you don't want to discuss it anymore? Look. I wanted to talk about the Lady Gaga Oreo. I didn't want to dwell on the Lady Gaga Oreo. Well, we talked about it for now a month. It, the thing, well, what we, I'm saying where is, is it? I clicked on the New York Times story that was headlined. We asked, why does Oreo keep releasing new flavors? And it's a story about like, it's actually really interesting because it's so obvious because it's like, oh, because it keeps people interested and it always reminds people that the OG is the best, essentially is what the story is about. And so it's like, we're constantly just releasing new flavors because Because number one, novelty sells, (laughs) because they're trash, and because they keep the demand for the regular ones up, whatever. And to be fair to that, like, assessment, it's honestly true. Like, if you try a new Oreo flavor and you're like, yum, yum, it's still like the best, the best one is the OG Oreo. Like, maybe a little mint. I'm maybe into a little mint, but not really. But I still go back to the original. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think this is sort of the nugget here. It says, sales are not the point. Novelty Oreos, according to Mr. Parnell, play a much purer role. They help drive consumers back to Milk's alleged favorite, the 100-year-old Patrafamilias, the plain old Oreo. In other words, the new flavors function as advertisements to the original. Okay. It says, sales are up 12% for novelty flavors and classic sales are up 22%. Okay. That's not the point. I clicked this because I was like, I wonder if they're going to mention the Lady Gaga Oreos. How could they not? Listeners, they mention it in the lead of the story. Isn't that why Oreos would be topical right now? I get that they're like topical always. They're so classic. But I mean, we're talking about Lady Gaga Oreos because I'm like, when mm-hmm. can I get one? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I signed up. I'm an idiot. I signed up. I sent you the thing. For some reason, I signed up for the website. Wait, like the Lady Gaga Stan Army Oreo website. Mm-hmm. And it says, as a Lady Gaga ex Oreo Stan Club member, you'll be <laughs> You'll be the first to find out when any news drops. And I'm like, what am I even signed up for? Like (laughs) a specific stand website for these Lady Gaga Oreos. Mm -hmm. And that is what I am signed up for. And you can create these like Oreograms in which Lady Gaga says like, give me a cookie or whatever. And then like send them to friends. Or actually you can't even send them. I had to screen. I had to like screen capture that and send it to you. They don't have that on the back end yet. I'm just saying be careful out there. Be careful out there. Let's go into comments. Finally. <laughs> okay, fine. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Uh, Long time listener. Sometimes I call. This is the second time you've discussed the chain smokers, and I think like less than two months. And again, 
you have called Alex the hot one. I don't know if you have them mixed up or you guys actually think that, but he is widely considered to not be the hot one. Drew is the hot chain smoker. If you Google hot chain smoker, it's Drew. Okay, crunch, crunch, bye. We're not idiots. Babe, we don't have them mixed up. We're not idiots. We have eyes. We know who the hot one is. We know the hot one. We know. We've known. We know. Sorry, I'm looking at Drew Taggart like... Not for me. If he's for you, that's great. I just Googled which which chain smoker is the hottest. Let's see what comes back with this. Mm, not really getting any good responses here. No one's really written this up. No, but if you Google, literally, if you Google hot chain smoker and you look at Google images, Drew is, I mean, a lot of them are together because they're a little joined at the hip. But when there is a solo photo, it is Drew. The first image result is mm, Drew. I'm seeing a lot of them together. I can't make a, I really can't make a call from this one. And when they're together, my eyes keep veering towards the hot one. <laughs> so, yeah, Drew is not the hot one. He's not. He's not. No. Sorry. We've made our decision and our decision is final. Multiple calls. Multiple calls about I know, this. About saying we like, were wrong. You got it wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, in Who Weekly Canon, we make the rules and he's not the hot one. So we know who the hot one is. His name is Alex. Andrew? Alex. His name is Alex. Me munching on a Lady Gaga Oreo looking at photos of <laughs> Alex Paul being like, these people are crazy. Why are you munching on Lady Gaga Oreo? Is that just like... I know. In my dream. In my fantasy. Right. Okay. Next call. (laughs) Hey, so I'm sure that you're going to get this call like 50 times, but Chris Massey is a person. He's a who. He was an actor in Zoe 101, and his brother, Kyle Massey, who is from That's So Raven and Corey in the house. So... Um, make that what you will. Crunch, crunch. There is an actor named Chris Massey, Christmassy, Chris Massey, like in mm-hmm. the Hallmark slash Lifetime movie. I forget which. Now I already forget which it was on. Maybe Lifetime, maybe Hallmark, whatever. And he is an actor and he's best known for being on Zoe 101. This show keeps going back to Zoe 101 for some reason. This- I can't. Like, I can't believe it. We have even another Zoe 101 call, which you should play just right after this because we yeah. have to connect them. But I remember his brother, Kyle Massey, because he was Corey in the house. Remember that show, yeah. Corey in the house? Yeah, so his name was Kyle. I guess apparently he had a brother named Chris, and they were also on the Parkers. They had a music video called that they released under the name The Massey Boys, according to Wikipedia. Don't remember this. And Chris mm-hmm. did music of his own, but he was known for being on Zoe 101 and some ads, commercials or whatever. So it's true. There is a Chris Massey, a Chris, a Christmassy. Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. It's Colin. I am listening to your episode from this week, and you're talking about Chantel Jeffries. And I need you to discuss the Zoe 101 revival that was, like, produced by her or she was involved with or she produced, like, the theme song, like, an updated version of the theme song by Jamie Lynn Spears. And there was a lot of TikTokers were a part of this event. And it was, like, very strange, sort of like a, not a revival, but a, reunion event but somehow entirely focused on tiktokers i don't know very confusing i saw it um on my news feed a while ago 
uh, and, and needed to learn more. So if you could discuss that angle of Chantal Jeffries, I would love to understand why she was involved with that project. So um, thank you, Crunch Crunch. Love you. This is a question slash comment. It's mostly a comment. Zoe one was like beyond, like not my time. Like I missed that. I was... It was so far beyond our time. Yeah, we didn't engage with that. But I understand it. And also I remember when we talked about Jamie Lynn Spears being in that new show, like... Part uh, of Dixie knockoff, whatever. Something it's Magnolias. Sweet Magnolias. Sweet Magnolias. Like, oh, yeah. Jamie Lynn Spears from Zoe What? So I know yeah. people care about her, and I know people care about this show. I personally don't, but apparently people hated this. This like they people reunited. <laughs> they did like a whole production. It wasn't even like oh we're doing a Zoom reunion. It's like Gigi Gorgeous was there, who has nothing to do with the original. So many Jojo Siwa had nothing to do. I guess it's like they they put in people who cared about the original. You know what I mean? Like at, like actresses who were the age that they watched Zoe 101. Is that yeah. – was that the point? If that's the point, it's not made explicit in the video. Yeah. It's a weird video. The video was – is sort of – Chris Massey is in it too. <laughs> they were capitalizing on – they were capitalizing on like COVID reunion trends where people of were course. like, we're bored. We're going to do course. a Zoom reunion. But this is also sort of tied by like the press this gets is that not only did they reunite to redo the theme song, which really isn't a redo. It's just like a slightly remixed version by Chantel Jeffries, who's a DJ who did all that. She's in the video too, but like unclear what her role is. But she wasn't in Zoe 101. So no, like, she was not. What? So like, what does she do? She's literally there to do the song. Like she's supposed to, to do be the like, song. I made the song. Okay, interesting. Well, okay. in the video, okay. she her role is like, I'm, I'm the assistant director or something. She's like pretending to be a director with Jamie Lynn Spears. It's really just a video for this new remake of the song. The lyrics aren't changed. You can see the comments, which we'll get into in a second. The comments are confused because they were like, I thought you would at least rewrite the lyrics, but they didn't. And so I thought to answer the, the main question that the caller had, which was why Chantel Jeffries, I thought, well, maybe they were friends because they seem like they're the same age, sort of similar vibes. No, because I watched an interview with them, or I wasn't sure if this is the one I watched or the one I read, but Jamie's like, we had to talk over Zoom and see if we had chemistry. So, like, Jamie sort of reveals that it's not like they were old friends. It's unclear why Chantel was involved. It's also weird because they literally left out people who definitely would have been in this, who were in the Victoria original Justice. show, and replaced them with TikTok people. Yeah, like, Victoria Justice, who literally just released a single. Did you notice that? Like, she released a new song. A song and definitely would have done press like whatever would have reunited for the press at least. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying like Austin Butler was on this show. Victoria Justice was on this show and they missed a lot of them and kind of like, quote unquote, replaced them, as the comments said, with these like TikTokers, you know? Yes. So the comments read, I'm just going to read some choice comments that are up at the top of the page. Zoe, this happened in late October. They released this. Zoe 101 was my childhood. I don't understand why TikTokers or so-called influencers have to ruin it. This is a disgrace and an absolute disappointment. Cure Rosé said, I can't believe you all couldn't wait for Victoria, Alexa, Paul, and Kristen, but got some irrelevant TikTokers instead. Cheap. AJ says, I'm confused by whatever this was. Lexi H says, am I the only one that doesn't understand why Jojo C was in this? Lexi H, you are not. 
Reese Williams says, as a huge fan of Zoe 101, I was highly disappointed in this, quote, reunion. Guy Haskins says, then you're not much of a fan. And then Spider-Man responds to Guy Haskins and says, you're not much of a fan if you like this childish nonsense. I don't mean to gatekeep, but real fans would recognize hard work and talent to recreate the song video, which you clearly don't. But like, it is kind of crazy that they left out some of the main stars. Like, again, I don't really know a ton about the show, but like, if you go to the IMDb or Wikipedia, it's like the people they're mentioning, like Paul and Alexa or whatever, are like main characters main mm-hmm. characters. and they're not in it they're like second build you know yeah and so i was watching these videos of zoe promoting this video and along with Chantel jeffries and i realized what was actually happening was that this is sort of like as far as i can tell this is like stepping putting their toes in the water they're testing the waters to see if a reboot will make sense because jamie yeah. says this in one of the interviews mm-hmm. halfway through i want to play the clip for you here and the fans were very upset about it. So we, it's, it was great that we did this music video because we actually got real feedback from the fans. It's like what they want. And they really want that OG Zoe vibe. So that's what we, it was when we're having those creative conversations about moving forward with the show, it was nice to be able to give that feedback. Like, look, we have proof right here. Look at what the fans are saying. They want that. Is that what Jamie Lynn Spears sounds like? That was my next topic of conversation. I did not know that was her voice. How does she still have that accent, honey? I love it. Louisiana? Did they live in Louisiana or something? Also, God, I just remembered I was looking at the Zoe 101 Wikipedia, and the guy who created it is, like, sketchy as fuck. Dan Schneider, remember? He had all those allegations, like, about being shady with, like, young actresses. Because he created all these, like, young... Yeah, shows for young yeah. people like this show like oh don't like bleh, bleh. well i just feel like this is absolutely not gonna happen i do believe that zoe is having talks i believe that she's down to do it but if i mean the lizzie mcguire reboot is officially not happening i can't see them doing zoe 101 you know oh, why would they do get this me started on the lizzie mcguire reboot mm-hmm. <laughs> this video clearly shows if it's a proof of concept it's not what uh, hillary duff and the lizzie mcguire reboot team wanted for that show that show has its had it owns it's own kind of failure of concept if you mm-hmm. have been following along it's like hillary duff like straight up wanted lizzie mcguire to like be a mature adult <laughs> like you know what i mean and no one else did and i think that's where things went crazy yeah but you can read about that if you want that's what we're talking about hey Lindsay bobby so um i just had to pause the pod while you guys were talking about eve jobs because um speaking of like children of tech giants um bill gates's daughter jennifer gates is also a um like horse girl she's an equestrian but also she also graduated from stanford which is like i guess they're just like that's the path that you go on if you're the daughter of a tech billionaire or something um anyway um apparently they competed against each other according to this article from business insider uh, anyways, um, me inside. Crunch, crunch. Yeah, so Eve Jobs and Jennifer Gates have competed against each other in equestrian events, which is crazy <laughs> to me. Their fathers competed against each other in the tech world, the tech sphere. No, it's very Pirates of Silicon Valley. Very, very. But we got a few calls that are being like, oh, she's uh, this girl's not the only nepotism horse girl. <laughs> and they're all covered in on the website, horseandhound.co.uk. Because <laughs> I was reading. I kept Googling them and this website kept coming up and being like, I have 10 things you got to know about Jessica Springsteen, a.k.a you know, horse, horse lover. And I was like, I'm reading all of these. I'm reading all of these on Horse and Hound. You know Horse and Hound. Yeah. I do. What does that make you think of? 
Oh, um, Notting Hill. No. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Horse and Hound. Right. The film's great. And um, I just w- was wondering whether you ever thought of having um, more uh, horses in it. <clears throat> uh, well, we would have liked to, but it was um, difficult, obviously, being set in space. I mean, does this surprise me? Like, horseback no. riding is like the most expensive. Maybe not the most. I'm sure people could name whatever. It just feels like the most expensive sport you could get into. The costs involved in even learning how to do this crap. Crazy. Yeah. I knew someone. I'm not even going to call them a friend because I haven't seen them in forever. But I knew someone whose mother worked in horse sperm sales. And I was like, what? <laughs> and yeah, because horse sperm and so they need yeah. someone to uh, harvest it i don't know collect Wait, it collect what? it because she collects it like she you need someone collector? to actually well i mean that was among her many jobs uh the stables but it's so expensive like if you go to um horse guess no guess how much like a like a like a i don't even know a, a bucket i don't know like a vial <laughs> a vial of horse sperm is we're talking we're talking like a th- around a thousand dollars plus for every like well, yeah, bucket again i don't really know the, the tubes that they come in it's not that much and uh it doesn't surprise me and i think they have yeah. obviously they have places you can go to breed your horses with yeah. the bucket of sperm that you've got. I can't with the yeah. with, with what you've purchased. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's a whole industry. I very genuinely suggest you look at these websites because the they provide genuinely. like well they provide it's fascinating. They provide like um entire history. So it's like, oh, this is helium and they're this particular breed of horse and their mom did this and their dad did this and they like know all the the family history of these horses and like oh this is good stock this is why this particular specimen is thirteen hundred dollars as opposed to like some bullshit six hundred and fifty dollar bucket of sperm it's it's funny it's interesting and i was Mm -hmm. like oh wow good Mm -hmm. business Mm -hmm. good business (laughs) anyway next call Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, I have um, an additional theory to kind of help support your case as to why Tina Turner follows Cheryl Cole. Um, I I do think that probably it it was a mistake, a slip of the finger in a search. And my only um, kind of supplemental theory, I guess, to yours would be like, you know, Tina Turner lives in a castle in Switzerland. So is the search function of Instagram, like, does it have like a geo filter or take your location into um account when you're searching when you're searching something because maybe you know since she's closer to the uk in switzerland you know cheryl cheryl cole is something more popular than maybe Cher is at this given time so maybe cheryl cole came up first i don't know just a, just another theory um crunch crunch thanks we got a few tweets about this too great theory i love this this is this is great. These are great theories. Totally. I mean, we only tested the search function like within our own phones, meaning like geotag to here. So share came up first. But you're right. Maybe if you're abroad, maybe if you're in Switzerland, honestly, mm-hmm. do I even think that Tina Turner herself was doing the following? I don't know. We don't know where the person is who was doing the following. I mean, we've been over <laughs> right, this. Like, right, we've right, been over right, this right, with right. Uh, Dion. We've been over this with other people with their social media. Like, it. it's not... 
we're not 100% sure that Tina was the one who even set this thing up. Should we actually use this as a way to talk about the email that we got? I I'm not sure. I don't I don't want to reveal this person's identity, but somebody did email us a link to the social media company that seems to be the one. I mean, I'm 100% sure it's the one who started the elf it's on the shelf, the, the celebrity on celebrity meme because literally they represent all of the celebrities who were the ones that started spreading this thing so clearly they were in the background being like okay we're gonna post this here we're gonna post this here here's mark ruffalo here's nicole kidman here's uh da -da -da. like we it's clear Lindsay sends me a link and i i mean it feels weird to even say the name of the company but like the, why not okay well she sends me a link to this place called digital media management and it's dig <laughs> literally digitalmediamanagement.com and Lindsay goes just watch the first video like no context out of nothing this morning and i'm watching the first video and it's this sort of sizzle reel and as people appear on screen it's all the people from the terrible meme down yeah. to kate walsh and yeah. i was like oh i immediately put it together i was like these are all the people who did the terrible meme we have our proof we have our proof literally starting with elizabeth banks it's just funny that they're literally called dmm they're just called digital media management they're the most uh, in a, as we were talking about these companies being kind of unassuming on purpose they're the most unassuming company that does this yeah. Role. But who cares? We don't need to. I mean, we don't need to. We don't need that. to. Go. But it was it was fun to have, you know, something approaching proof. I think. Uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much I think we're pretty much convinced that this was a uh, a scheme that mm -hmm. we all fell for. And I hope you're happy. Let's move on to questions. It was like 70 something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed or in my Pull case, under out. the bed. Your linens, sweeties. The lin it's time. It's linen season, honey. Oh. Oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses, I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, Ooh. everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be somewhere mm -hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands by partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to I you. I hate middlemen. I and hate Quince middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Lindsay Bobby, a boy I went to high school with, is engaged to Lana Del Rey. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I saw the headline on page six. Um, he was the cutest boy in school. He played water polo. Um, he was like a puppy dog, like a golden retriever, but he was so nice. Um, and I'm really, really happy for him and for Lana. Uh, I, I'm sure that he makes her very happy and keeps her grounded. But it's pretty funny to think of her hanging out with his family in Modesto, California, literally the armpit of the world. Um, good form, Bella Thorne. Who the fuck is Clayton Johnson, and why are he and Lana Del Rey engaged? 
That seems weird. Is he another cop? Crunch, crunch. Hi, I just got an email. Sorry, long time, long time. I'm too distracted. But I just got an email from Us Weekly that Lauren Del Rey is engaged to someone named Clayton Johnson, and I screamed because I went to a youth group with him. Um, and I had no idea that he was dating Lana Del Rey. Um, he's an, he was a normie, but he was definitely very hot in youth group. And I think it seems like he moved to L.A. as a musician. But I definitely had a crush on him and knew him as a teen. And I feel I just that it's not interesting. I just had to call you guys and let you know. All right. Crunch, crunch. So we <laughs> honestly don't even do need to do anything further. Like this guy is hot. This guy is normie. And this guy is allegedly, according to Us Weekly, Us Weekly is confirming it, which is crazy. Us Weekly is weird, like weird, yeah. Us Weekly is like we can confirm these two are engaged because a source told us, even though Lana Del Rey has not commented or said anything about it. And then the other mm-hmm. websites are all saying like allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. But like E News is saying, according to people, according to Us Weekly, <laughs> she's engaged. So like. I don't really understand how they must have a very solid source because I'm just saying like they're saying like the details <laughs> like they started dating in August when they followed each other on Instagram or something. And maybe they, they we think they met on a dating app. We think we think they met on Raya, which Raya, which yeah. totally tracks. And now she's wearing a, a ring on her ring finger, which like to me, I'm like, that doesn't mean you're engaged. But I guess like they've they've confirmed. <laughs> I think it means they're engaged the way she wore the ring. She wore the ring for attention. Like, she grabs the mic because she was on Jimmy Fallon's show and performed right, her song. She sang something. Grabbing the mic with the ring. The photo of her sort of, like, doing bird wings where she's like, yay, and her hands are behind her. Mm. Um I guess like, like she very, knows. Everything's intentional. Like none of the none of the shots of the rings that the fans have are mistakes to me. They read mm. like very intentional, like pseudo subtle reveals of the ring. If this is a lie, like what the hell sort of fucking lie is it to come up with Clayton Johnson as the fiance? <laughs> like he came out of left field. You don't. I just don't. It's too ridiculous to be a lie. I you mean, know? whatever it is, I'm just happy she's not like engaged to that cop. Like that guy. <laughs> Sean Larkin, he was no good. I'd rather her be with like a like a cutie little puppy dog normie dude from like Modesto than that weird cop, that weird famous cop who hosted the terrible cop yeah. show, you know, like yeah. just the worst. And so does it surprise me at all that Lana had like a rushed engagement that she literally felt, met this guy on an app and then got engaged to him a few months later? Not at all. Not in the slightest. No. She sort of revealed herself to be a real kind of like ignorant idiot over the past like nine months. I mean, I mean, she's had a lot of bad press for understandable reasons. Why not just like have some like random normie hunk? Yeah. Truly. Why not? So who is this guy? His name is Clayton Johnson. He is a musician. He has performed in many, many bands. I mean, he's got like the, he's a real hometown hero, this guy. He's done it all, I feel like. He's been in bands with his two brothers, as the caller said, Chantry and Connor. Chantry is also a musician. Chantry. 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 When you look at Chantry's bio, I think he's like, um, 
I think he's like a one of those people, like one of those like working musicians who's just like a guitarist for sort of whoever needs a guitarist because it's yeah, like totally. he's played guitar for Rachel Platten, he's played guitar yeah. for Demi Lovato, he's like it's like he just he's a studio, he's a studio guitarist. guitarist, he's a yeah. guitarist, yeah. yeah. And I think that's sort of what Clayton Johnson was up to too because he's been in so many bands. He was brought into this band, this very tweeny bopper band called. Um, Stereo, Stereo Skyline. Studio Sunrise. Stereo Skyline. A lot of people, because I guess Stereo Skyline opened for Good Charlotte, Third Eye Blind, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe the Jonas Brothers or something. Like, they were like a thing. And a lot of people really tweet, like, people we follow or whatever tweeted, like, oh my God, not Stereo Skyline. Like, they remembered them. If you were a Disney tween in 2008, you were like, Oh, you loved these guys. You loved these guys. Well, I mean, I remember going to see bands when I was at that very precious age. And the openers would always be the guys that you kind of like followed and were like, I saw them first. I knew them first. You know, like mm-hmm. they were like, OK, I saw Black Eyed Peas open for No Doubt. And I remember being like, no. mm, Black Eyed Peas, like Black Eyed Peas. Yes. And it was like very early. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what's that's funny. Was Fergie from, there? It's funny because they're. Oh, yeah. It was early okay. Ferg. Early Fergie. Yeah, okay, I wasn't sure. It was a pre-Ferg or post-Ferg, but it was, okay. It, I think it was post-Ferg. But it's funny because Stereo Skyline, he's from Modesto, but the band was from East Meadow, which is where my mom was born. Really? Yeah, Long Island D oh. zone. Um, okay. They were first known for the song Uptown, Get Around, and it was in the Sweet Life movie. Like, the Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. I'm going to play a clip of this terrible song right now because I cannot believe it. They had a lot of members, a lot of members. <laughs> a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people. So Clayton was only in it for a couple of years. He was right. brought on to be a guitarist. He's sort of like, if we're talking about uh, classical handsome norms, he's the hottest one of all of them. Well, he he they gave him the like kind of haircut to fit in with them, but he clearly is uh, a hunk, you know. And some they of them gave are... him the haircut to fit in with them, the sort of like um, flat iron bangs with the swoopy sides and sort of like feathered everything really (laughs) weird very specific yeah and they gave him that haircut and his like hunkiness seemed to reject it like (laughs) like in the photos you can tell his his, like hair hair is revolting (laughs) the hair is definitely revolting right but he's just playing the guitar in the background he left i think literally a year after he joined yeah because he wanted to start a thing with another guy from there that went nowhere called black and I'm going to play this. Listen to this clip. I love the description of this clip that I found of Black because not much content exists from Black. It's a failed little side project. Mm. But the description, I found an interview with this website, BuzzNet. And BuzzNet is interviewing Clayton. And mm-hmm. who is the other guy? Some Something, some, oh, Brian Maddox talking about Black. Mm-hmm. And the description is, Last week, my girl Danny Vitale and I interviewed the new music duo Black. It was so much fun being able to interview the guys in Black, considering Brian is my boyfriend and Clayton is like my brother. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is Black's first interview since leaving their old band, Stereo Skyline. Hope you enjoy and be sure to check out their amazing music. I mean, the only Black I recognize in band is B-L-A-Q-U-E. Sorry. Like, yes. Oh, that's, they're the only ones. You can't the just only be ones Black. You can't be B-L-A-C. No. No. You are B-L-A-Q-U-E or get it the hell out of here. I feel like the last thing we need to say about this person is when I posted the video on Who yesterday and tweeted the the video, someone who doesn't follow Who Weekly, I guess, saw the tweet and retweeted it with a quote. 
honestly, it's an upgrade from the men she's dated before, which is true. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think we, it's, we have, a you know, as Lana fans who think a lot about her and like her music, but are very confused by everything else she does in her life, the mm-hmm. mesh mask, et cetera, all the, the things that she mask, said, the shit she got cop, into this. Yeah, but also the Not understanding weird, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, the weird yeah. notes app she posted earlier this year and all of that. And it, it it's we're we're always kind of looking for like who's the real Lana what's the truth because she's kind of an enigma right but mm-hmm. like I guess ultimately what we always kind of come back to is that she's like super normie like her kind of taste and her aesthetic and her whatever like even though she put on this kind of like pinup girl vibe she always like it makes sense for her to live in Southern California and date a guy from Modesto you know and him mm-hmm. be like this kind of basic studio guitarist with a pop punk mm-hmm. history <laughs> it all makes sense <laughs> it all makes sense like it I really guess. really makes sense yeah okay so this is future bobby i couldn't actually end with that because while i was looking up more footage of this guy clayton i was like what's the earliest instance of these two being mentioned together and i guess fans had put together that they were dating before the media did you know they're very good at finding photos and like connecting the dots so at some point, it seems like Lana Stans emailed this YouTube tarot person who goes by Clear Path Guidance and Tarot on YouTube, and they asked how Lana Del Rey and Clayton Johnson's relationship was going and if it would last. And this person made a 13-minute long video about it, and here's a clip. I mean, spoiler alert, they don't think it's going to last. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Clear Path Guidance and Tarot. I'm going to do an update on Lana Del Rey and Clayton. I've had a few people email me wanting an update on them. They are now, I guess, dating. I did a couple of readings on them and um, never felt that there was anything going on. I don't know if it's because there wasn't, and right now it's starting up. Um, there goes my dog. <laughs> Every time I start doing a video, he does this. So I don't know if, um, I just don't feel that there's a connection here between the two of them. Uh, I'm surprised that they're dating. I have gone online to see pictures of the two of them. I can't find anything between the two of them. Hi, Hit Weekly. Uh, I have a little holiday time mystery for you. Um, So I work for a company in the U.S. that is having some sort of Grammy-nominated person in for our virtual holiday party. And we're not a big company, so it's definitely a who. Um, And we've been provided clues uh, so that we can sleuth out who it is. Um, But I'm really bad at Googling, and you're really good at Googling. So I thought you might like to try to figure out who it is uh, as like a fun little guessing game. Okay, so the clues we received so far are It's a Grammy-nominated special surprise guest. Uh, They've performed with some of the greats, such as Stevie Wonder, Prince, Willie Nelson, Lenny Kravitz, and Ed Sheeran. And they've been featured in ad campaigns for Chase Bank, Apple Watch, Kate Spade, and Coach, to name a few. Anyways, um, I would love if you could use your powers for good and help me figure out who who this who is in advance of our holiday celebration so I can decide whether it's worth the multiple hours on Zoom. All right, thanks. Bye. Crunch, crunch. The moment this call came in, I was like, I'm in National Treasure. This is my moment. I have 
to find out who this person is. Like, this is such a fun game to play. I know you got on it immediately. Like, I didn't even hear this call and you'd already kind of started sleuthing. You're like, I think I know who it is. But then there was a twist. The caller provides all this information, right? It's like... Grammy nominated, Stevie uh-huh. Wonder Prince, Willie Nelson, Lenny Kravitz, Ed Sheeran. That's such a weird variety of people. But like, it really it's could like be many a lot genres. of people because it could yeah. be like any sort of. Or just a, a one-off performance. Yeah, right. Like blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Right. Grammy nominated I felt was very important. So then like campaigns for Kate Spade, Apple Watch, and Coach. Okay. So my gendered sexist brain is like, it must be a woman. So I start looking up ad campaigns first because I was like the number of people that they have performed with is too broad for me to really like find a a needle in that haystack so I'm going to start with the ad campaigns so I start looking up ad campaigns for Apple Watch like Apple Watch doesn't do many celebrities I found a compilation that was like every Apple Watch commercial ever Mm -hmm. and I was watching it and I see like Selena Gomez in one so I was like Selena Gomez maybe it's Selena Gomez no that doesn't really count Nick Jonas so Nick Jonas is the first name that pops out and I was like Fuck, it's Nick Jonas. I find that he's performed with so many of the people that they mentioned. In a way, he was Grammy nominated. He's never won. That's him. I even texted the caller. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Nick Jonas, but I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to play the call in the episode. But I also feel like it's he's too famous. He's little too famous for what you described. Well, that's what the caller said when they texted back. They were like, I don't think our company can do Nick Jonas. The caller was gracious to your prediction, but did not think so. Yeah. So what I do is, what's so stupid is that I fall into this hole. I start trying to find like every possible Kate Spade ad that I can think of. That's good. Because I'm like, Kate Spade's going to be the way in here. Yeah. Still rough it's not helping me out and so i listen to the call again i'm just like i need that aha moment i'm just like what can i fucking do here this is so stupid i look at all these coach ads nothing and then i realize i'm an idiot they just named so many people right uh-huh they named so many brands including chase oh because uh-huh. i saw that nick jonas also did a chase ad oh, and i was that was another thing that made me That's that made big. me convinced it was nick jonas uh-huh but i was like i'm fucking dumb it says right in the call I don't want to Google. So I'm like, okay, if this person is a who, like the caller said, because their company is not, you know, powerful wow, enough, like, big enough um, to afford a family. this is like Da Vinci's code. Exactly, it's Da Vinci code. This is like the Da Vinci code. I was like, code. the answer is right in front of me. If you are a who, there's probably a very explicit and detailed bio of you somewhere. I bet you that this company is lazy and just pulled it from something they Googled. And so I just typed in, Stevie Wonder, Prince, Willie Nelson, Lenny Kravitz, Apple Watch, Chase, Kate Spade. And then at the end, Grammy nominated. And guess what I fucking found almost near the top of their Google results? John John Batiste. Because somewhere on some website on the internet, he gave someone a bio and the bio was all of that shit. Right. And I was like, oh, it's him. And I found his Kate Spade ad. I found his coach ad. I found all of the stuff that he's appeared in. And yes, he is a fucking musician. He's a jazz musician. He is the band leader on The Late Show, the, the Stephen so Colbert Show. So, of course, show. he's played with so he's many different musicians. with all these musicians. people because he's this extremely classically trained musician who's right. played with everyone. Right. He was Colbert's uh, band leader for a good amount of time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I was like, oh, God, this is so stupid. I spent an hour looking this up, and it was the <laughs> easiest thing in the world. And that makes more sense than Nick Jonas. It makes so much fair. more sense. Yeah, it's true. Yes. It's true. So, John Batiste, I'll play some of his music here. It is... Gotta say, stunning. So, enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
to be him. There's no way it's not him. To the caller, tell us if we're wrong. I mean, you have to know if you're wrong, but I think you're Call right. back. Text us. Yeah. He's everywhere in terms of like brands because he does do a lot of ad campaigns and stuff. He's he also does. an actor. He was in Treme. Did you know that he developed his piano skills by taking classical music lessons and transcribing songs from video games such as Street Fighter, Alpha, Final Fantasy 7, and Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, I wonder gamer. if he transcribed the my favorite Sonic the Hedgehog music, the the metal level. What's it called? Oh, the metal God, zone? that's you and Lala are obsessed with yeah, that Yeah, what one. is that level um, called? <laughs> it's called like the metal zone, the metal level. Hold on. I got to – have we played on the podcast? Green Hill Zone. It's not Green Hill Zone. It's called. Weirdly enough, the song I just played is called Green Hill Zone. The John Batiste song like... I just played. Chemical Plant. Yes. Chemical. Here we go. Let's play it. Yeah. 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 He's also from New Orleans, which explains if you're into jazz because he grew up around it, but he literally grew up around it because like so many people in his family were musicians. But like we said, he went to Juilliard, which really helps explain why he's performed with so many people. I was Google imaging him and I found him with the same. I was like, does he date anyone? Because I Googled image him and I found <laughs> I Google imaged him. I mean, if it's who we have to talk about, like if they're sure, dating, because sure, like sure, sure. we always have to if be they are dating we someone, must. we must. And I found the same person in all these photos. And I was like, not to jump to conclusions, but it seems like this might be his girlfriend. Turns out it is his girlfriend. And she's sort of like pseudo famous. She's not really a who, but she's notable. I wouldn't yeah. call her a who. I would call John Batiste a who. I wouldn't yeah. call this person a who. It's not the same. But she's notable. Her name is Suleika Jawad. She's a writer. Her actually, her memoir comes out next year. And I mm. saw that Lizzie Gilbert, Lizzie Gilbert loved it. Lizzie, Lizzie Gilbert. Gilbert. It got the Lizzie Gilbert seal of approval. Incredible. It says, this is a deeply moving and passionate work of art, quite unlike anything I've ever read. I will remember these stories for years to come because Sulika Jawad has imprinted them upon my heart. That's like, imagine wanting a better blurb than that. So, okay. So she wrote this memoir about how she survived like a terminal cancer diagnosis when she was in her 20s. And so now she's like, a motivational speaker and she goes on the radio and talks about like what she learned from her brush with death she did a ted talk that's very popular and famous she launched something that got kind of popular at the beginning of the pandemic called the isolation journal so i went to the website it's like a fully fleshed out blog slash website slash newsletter where she like speaks about isolation and loneliness in this way that's connected to the pandemic so it's like you have these two very creative people who are in this honestly very new yorky cutie relationship mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i love when a call just opens the door to two people i'd never really heard of because mm -hmm. i don't really watch the late show and i'd never really i wouldn't have been able to name this guy by name i do that's how i actually remembered him i was like oh isn't that the like the guy who was the band leader on the late show yeah well thank you caller and also you're welcome caller yeah. that's him you're welcome caller i love my helix mattress i love my helix pillow what else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> what when I sleep on other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm -hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm -hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm -hmm. The mattress is so good. 
that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix rude. so much. It's so rude. Everybody is unique. And I mean everybody. Two words. Because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different. And that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. Each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, I'm sure you've gotten probably tons of calls about this, but what is going on with Perez Hilton? He got banned off TikTok or something, and he's crying to Charlie D'Amelio to bring him back? I don't get, I don't understand what's happening and I need to know and I don't want to read anything about it. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. You have to give credit to Perez Hilton, at least for this small thing, which is he's toxic on every platform he encounters. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, it's honestly incredible. I mean, the dude has been toxic now for... 20 years i mean like non-stop everywhere at he, least everywhere he takes his energy he's like how can i make this place the most toxic version of what it is tiktok mm -hmm. is defined by the people who are on it and perez hilton was like you know i'm going to take what they're doing use it and then also add my own toxic behavior and make it fully disgusting and so disgusting mm -hmm. that all of the teens who don't even know who the fuck i am realize how toxic i am and then Petition for me to get removed from the platform. Successfully. <laughs> Successfully. And I think, you know, some people are like, oh, this says a lot. TikTok's just willing to remove, to ban people for no, no reason, da, da, da. It's like, you don't know Perez Hilton then, because even though I didn't really see what he was doing on TikTok, I think I accounted him a few times and I was like, I was like, never show me this content again. Never show me this content again. I have a feeling from knowing everything there is from what he's done before is that he was being terrible. He was literally bullying teenagers. Literally teenagers. Right. What did he say? He was like, this is inappropriate for 15-year-olds. Like, he was he was truly being, like, the adult in the room. And it's like, just, like, leave the room. Why don't you just leave the room instead of being the adult in the room? It is weird because I think about this a lot because, like, yeah, sometimes we and our we're two people in our 30s. And, yeah, sometimes we talk about teenagers, too. Like, and mm -hmm. I'm and you want to make sure that you're not just like two old people like saying mean things about teenagers. So something like this, I'm always like, oh, interesting. But I think Perez Hilton, it's like he's an anomaly. Like he always finds the way to be the most toxic version he literally can't help himself even in this even in this profile that he he did for the new york times he ends up being like well i'm press hilton and like i can do my shtick anywhere like i'm bigger than one app like people will seek me out yeah it's like i'm excited for the future it's like uh, 
I don't know, after just after sobbing in a YouTube video to have Charlie D'Amelio reinstate him on TikTok. It's just like he knows that that was a stunt and he knows that he can do this stunt over and over again until the end of time. I mean, I think he's going to dig in on Cameo because now, as you learned earlier in this episode, he's making big bucks on Cameo. People are fucking hiring this guy to send messages to their friends and family. But, you know, he's also got his website. He's got all this stuff. And, you know, I think he he loves the attention. He doesn't feel like it's negative attention for making a video where he's crying about getting back on TikTok, you know? Yeah. I think that's the point. Like, he's extremely the boy who cried wolf to me. Like, he always will be. It's really hard. I mean, it feels callous in a way, but, like, you show me a video of someone, like, pouring their heart out and sobbing over the way they were treated, and I might feel a little bit of sympathy regardless of who it is, but he's burned us so many times that I don't Truly. I don't believe it. Truly. I just don't believe it. I'm like, you know, you know how this works. You've been doing this for 15 years. It's hard for me to feel sympathy for this guy. And he does you know? like Is that this bad? fake. Well, he does like also he's always done it for so long. He's just this like fake earnest sweetie kind of like thing where he. I'm a good guy. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, come on. Like, come on. Like you invented this this gossip this type of gossip reporting that spread throughout the internet that is now considered to be like fully toxic and Mm -hmm. this is because of what you were doing it's so weird it's so strange but he has actual fans he has real he has a real fandom like i'm looking at a video that he posted with the title is this is one of the most powerful things i've ever done and it's like now he's going all posy okay He's going all posy and people in the comments are like, go Perez, like good energy, way to have the good energy. And I'm like, who is out here standing Perez Hilton in 2020? Mm-hmm. I love this quote in the New York Times story from a 17-year-old TikToker with, quote, nearly 20,000 followers. It says, <laughs> their name is Grace Honeycutt, quote, I think it was a good decision for him to be banned. He used his platform to just throw around drama, which was not a good thing to use his platform for. It's like... Thanks, Grace Honeycutt, 17-year-old TikToker with nearly 20,000 followers. It's like, Um, Jesus Christ. Shout out to Taylor Runs, who wrote the New York Times piece about this. And I think that's really, there's all to say. I don't know. I find Perez Hilton so fascinating. I just, I, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot there. And he's he's still around. You only know if you know. You only know if you were there, uh, you know, when I was in college, refreshing that blog, rereading his blog, talking about it with my friends and all that, like... It's... But even Perez was, I feel like we had similar blog consumptions in, yeah. the, in the mid-aughts. And even Perez was never really my shit. Like, you read it because it was there, but, like, Delisted was where I went. Like, and Delisted could be really nasty, too. But even then, you could recognize that there was a difference between those of two course. things. And that Perez was oh, well, always a little course. meaner and nastier. And it wasn't as fun. Of course, but the novelty of how he did it was something. I don't know. I don't want to mm-hmm. like discount it. And I don't want to, I yeah. don't want to be dishonest about my own shade, shady consumption habits when I was like getting first into like internet got like celebrity gossip and like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. feels weird to like, I just looked on the Perez Hilton homepage for the first time in forever. And it just feels weird to scroll through that. It still just feels so dated and lost in time. Totally. But, okay. Totally. Let's play a quick game of who are them to end this. Hi, who weekly truly my favorite podcast who is i mean is zane low a who or them and also how did he become this person like does apple own him they don't have anyone else doing interviews such a weird job and he i don't know just such a peculiar way to live 
one's life. Um, and and uh, yeah, I'm just confused as to how he became this person. Like, like, why not just have other interviews? Sometimes. Apple. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. I don't think it's a weird job. I think it's a great job. It's like, he probably has one of the best jobs in radio. Yeah. And this dude hosted a radio show on BBC for, from 2003 to 2015. He's like, he's like, I think the reason why, and if I, this is kind of what you're asking why Apple like uses him a lot is because he has these genuinely long and good relationships with artists and they want Mm -hmm. to talk to him. And I think that's the number one thing that, Apple, Spotify, whatever would want in somebody to host a music show. They're like, oh, we want somebody who will bring in the musicians who are like excited to talk to Zane Lowe. It's like part of the album release rollout. I guess he's less, he's kind of less famous here, but I think all anyone who really listens to music like knows who he like knows who he is because he's always attached to people's rollout stra- uh, press yeah. or whatever. And I didn't know, do you know he's from New Zealand? I don't know. He's Kiwi. Yeah. He's New Zealand. He's okay. a Kiwi. I but is he who are them I guess one two three I, them. them I think, I think he's, he's a them, them. yeah it's I a radio them do. how many radio thems are there in 2020 not many well I think there's a lot of like people who are like this person is a local them to me because like I grew oh, yeah, up regional radio them on the radio yeah. but like in terms of like a kind of yeah I mean I don't know it's like him and like in in the UK I always think of Grimmy Nick Grimshaw too as being oh, a big yeah. deal because he's always doing those interviews my hometown radio hero was Sunny Anderson, who is now a Food Network chef. Sunny in the morning. She was a, a radio host before she was a Food Network chef. Mine was Maddie in the morning for Kiss 108. Maddie Siegel, oh. Matt Siegel, host of Maddie in the morning at Kiss 108. That was the morning show. That was the pop, the pop. I think he's still hosting it. I don't know. I haven't checked in with him in a while. No, he still is. He's still hosting it since 1981. Oh. <laughs> he's 70 years old. <laughs> I've almost... I mean, I use Spotify. This is not a Spotify podcast and this is not an ad. But like the one thing that because I'm not going to pay for fucking both of those things. Uh The one thing that's almost gotten me to pay for Apple Music over Spotify is Beats Radio. Like I think that Apple Radio is cool as hell. I like that they have presenters. Apple Radio is amazing. And Apple Radio Radio is kind of the and I actually I think that's why Apple people would do Apple streaming over Spotify. That's the only reason because Spotify otherwise kind of has it. But Apple Radio is pretty cool. When when Gaga did her radio show, Nikki did her radio show. They really they do a good job getting people to really sign up and give a show that our good friend Shawnee is a big stan of the Ezra Koenig show, Time Crisis, yeah. which is only on Apple. Anyways, you're right. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Margot Martindale, who are them? Margot Martindale, who are them? <laughs> One, two, three, who? who? Get out of here. I think it's because it's Get also because people mix her up. We've talked about this before. People always mix her up with, uh, with Anne. What's with her face? Anne? Yeah. With they, Anne? Oh, Anne Dowd. Yes. Anne Dowd. People yeah, mix yeah, them yeah, up yeah, constantly. Yeah. It was a huge meme for a while. You remember this. I'm not saying it for the first time. But she's also like a character actor. She's meant to, she's always meant to blend in. I think more recently she's yes. had kind of a breakout of the vibe, but that's always, she's always blending in. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, I called previously um, late at night, but my retainer was in my mouth. Um, so I, I think that might have like hindered your ability to hear me or my chance of getting through. 
Uh, I just wanted to ask if Albert Brooks was a who or a them. Um, I would argue that, I don't know, like some younger Gen Z-ish kids might not know who he is besides Finding Nemo Dad. Um, but I think it's a them potential at one time. So I'd, I'd be curious to hear what you have to say. Uh, chewing food. Chewing food, says the person who called to talk about their retainer for the first half. <laughs> Albert Brooks, who chewing were them? Food. I f- this is tough because I feel like even we're too young to have been around like during peak Albert Brooks time of the it's 80s. true, but I do feel like he had a little resurgence because he his movies were on Nemo the Criterion Daddy. and mm-hmm. people were kind of watching all them on Criterion, but I guess that's like a niche audience and that wasn't everyone, but just felt like there was like this conversation around Albert Brooks movies of recent. Mm-hmm. Maybe just I think that, that was extremely niche. That I was extremely know, niche. I, know, I did I watch know. some Albert Brooks movies I'd never seen before, and it was great. They're great. Uh, Albert Brooks, <sighs> I guess, most famously for me, broadcast news. You yeah. know, modern daddy romance. and Nemo. Daddy modern and romance. Nemo. Defending oh God, right. your life. I have Defending to say, no, you're right. Playing the daddy and Nemo is the millennial Albert Brooks reference. That is it. Yeah, that's it for us. Well, the caller said that. The caller did did mention oh, okay. that, but. I uh, one two three who, who? <laughs> but like he was yeah I mean I'd be willing to point. say like he was an eighties them he was a maybe early nineties them I'm willing to believe it but right now yeah. I think I don't think that it because we were talking about Tina Turner and Cher where they were like and Dionne Warwick where it's like the half life is longer I guess <laughs> the half life for Albert Brooks is a little shorter right I just feel like he's he he literally made the mold. And yet, mm-hmm. still, I think that he's not, like, he's been a little forgotten in terms of, like, a new generation. I'm going to play the clip of Albert Brooks singing that one song in broadcast news because it always makes me laugh. D'abord, il y a cette fille dans la boîte de verre qui dit bonne nuit à demain. Sur un bout de musique, et vos hommes en verre, vous pouvez pleurer. J'ai un la huit pour les mauvaises nouvelles, avant de s'être tout seul avec mes ambitaires derrière, sans fissage, message de neige, vous pouvez pleurer. I was watching, I watched, what's the one where Defending Your Life? And oh, I Defending was like, life. I love this Defending movie your life. is literally ripped off by every single thing that's come mm-hmm. out in the past five years. Like, it's the good place. It's like so many things have ripped that thing off. Anyway, sorry, there. It's just like, it's hilarious. I, well, I really liked The Good Place until the last season when I grew to almost hate it. And then I had watched Defending Your Life in, in that interim. And then I almost hated it more because I was like, Defending Your Life does everything The Good Place does so much more efficiently and quickly and in a, in a more heartwarming way. Right. It's like, oh, you can actually do this without CGI. It does it in such a more creative way. Like how good the food is and how like big of a part of the movie that is. It's like, yeah. they don't yeah. need yeah. to do, you don't need to make it look crazy or do any sort of like yeah. graphics or like show. It's just like. You don't need things to appear. You just need a lady to bring you a plate of eggs. They look amazing. And him go, this is the best plate of eggs I've ever eaten my whole life. <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay, last, <laughs> last. Watch Defending Your Life if you haven't. Last, um, who are them? Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. This is Sam. Longtime listener, I think. Third time caller. Um, so I manage a boutique in Jacksonville, Florida. And the craziest thing just happened to me. And I had to call you guys because I knew you'd be the only people who understand Um, So being in Jacksonville, we don't usually get a lot of celebrities around here, but we just had someone come into the store, uh, Faye Dunaway, who is a legendary silver screen actress, came in, and she was kind of crazy. Uh, She kept asking me questions, and then when I would answer her, she would tell me to stop chattering. Like, every time she would ask me a question and I would answer, she would tell me to stop talking. 
which is kind of weird, but also iconic at the same time. Um, and it got me wondering, is Faye Dunaway a who or a then? Because I kind of had to, I recognized the name, but I had to Google her because I couldn't remember, like, any movies that she was in. And I know she's kind of like an older, hate to use that word, actress. Um, so I guess my question is, is she a who or a them? And then at what point does an old them become a who again? Okay, thank you. Bye. Hey, Bobby Lindsay, it's Sam. Uh, I just called about Faye Dunaway and realized that I forgot to do my sign-off at the end. So I didn't want y'all to think I was a fake fan. I'll stop being a chatterbox now. Tim Tebow's a lesbian. Bye. I'll stop being a chatterbox. Tim Tebow's a lesbian. I just love the idea of Faye Dunaway being like this. asking you questions and you saying something and then be, and her being like, stop being a chatterbox. And you're like, that's iconic. Oh my God, that's iconic. That's like, oh, okay. That's iconic. I mean, again, not to go back to the lawsuit where she was sued for calling someone a homosexual, a little homosexual boy, but oh like, God, yeah. I pay money for her to call me a little homosexual know, boy. Who, that doesn't mean that it's not harassment. It doesn't yeah. mean it's not harassment. Just I'm just saying personally, yeah, you I would not that sue. Experience. Right. I'd write her a check. Yeah, <laughs> so personally, I, if she called me a chatterbox, I would hand her the re- the cash register and I'd say, take it. Do I think that that person should have sued the shit out of her? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I need to actually check on the status of that case because every few months i go to the manhattan supreme court search and see what's going on with it it as of a few months ago it was still going on i need to do i need to update myself on that but faye dunaway who were them I, we're going back to the albert brooks conversation unlike albert brooks one two three them, them. i think faye dunaway that faye dunaway doesn't go away so <laughs> I, that's how i feel faye, about dunaway faye dunaway doesn't go away is what they say <laughs> To ask you a question and then say stop chattering whenever you start answering it is so funny. I guess start using that more often. Like asking you direct stop questions chattering. and being like, stop chattering. <laughs> stop chattering. I was just seeing if there was like any sort of interview with Faye Dunaway where like that's a word that she uses like in things. But I, I can't find one really quickly. But that definitely seems like like a Fayism or something. Like that d- even though it was stop only chattering. just one call. <laughs> stop chattering. Stop like chattering. I wouldn't be surprised if more people called in and were like, Faye Dunaway told me to stop chattering too. So if you've been told <laughs> to stop chattering by Faye Dunaway, call in. I feel like we're one of those like like one eight hundred like class action lawsuits. Like, have you been told oh, yeah. to stop chattering by Faye Dunaway? Call Bobby and yeah. Lindsay at Who Weekly Six Nine Six One Nine Who them and we'll get you the money you deserve. <laughs> Well, no, we won't you get you anything. No we'll money. play the call and laugh at it. <laughs> you don't deserve it. <laughs> anyway, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for calling in. Oh my God, great calls. We have a lot of them. <laughs> I'm going to throw in anywhere from like three to five call. You're doing amazing, sweeties, at the three end of this. Three to five? There was some good shit this week. Thank you so much for calling. Rate reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're still getting those good reviews. Love to see those we reviews. We love getting those good reviews. But you know them. what we love even more? If you go over to our, our Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, because we're doing so much good stuff. We got a VIP hotline for you to call. So we're answering calls over there. We're talking about Hallmark movies in bonus we're ways. We're talking more about them. We're talking about mm-hmm. them. We're talking about everything. For when you just can't get enough. We got a newsletter with recommendations. Some people can get enough. I understand if you can get enough. But if you can't get enough, then head over to the Patreon. <laughs> I heard that everyone can. Not everyone. <laughs> I've had enough of this. So ah! Okay, fine. Bye. Have a great weekend. Um and uh we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. We know who the hot one is. We know the hot one. We know. So this is for the caller you're doing amazing sweetie that 
asked if Texas Toast was a who or a them. My dad's company was the first to start selling Texas Toast uh, commercially, and he was involved in a lawsuit against another company that was selling Texas Toast, and a federal judge held that basically it was all bread, so therefore they couldn't, I don't know, have exclusivity of uh, Texas Toast. So even the federal court system agrees apparently that Texas Toast is, in fact, a who. It's been nine years ago to the day since Tanase was supposedly kicked out of an elevator by Whitney Houston. Hi, Lizzie Bobby. Um, I was just wondering what is the canonical spelling of the title of the Betty White bisexual Christmas movie by Bye Santa? Is it B-I-B-Y-E Santa? Is it both B-I? Is it both B-Y-E? Um, we'll just love some guidance there. Okay, crunch, crunch. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, medium time, medium time. Uh, I'm just calling because uh, I saw that a member of Little Mix plus the group. Um, I didn't realize until this point that Little Mix was a group. I thought it was a singular person. Um, so I'm just wondering uh, if you, yeah, if you think that they're who are them. Um, that's it. Thanks so much. Much, much. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. So I was just in a live stream Q&A with Ben Affleck for the way back, like, FYC thing. And he took a quick sip of Dunkin'. Unfortunately, it was too quick for me to be able to snap a photo. But the Dunkin' order has changed. It was a black coffee. No milk. It was completely black. So. Just in case you care, Ben Affleck's Dunkin' Order has changed. Okay. Crunch, crunch. Bye.